Welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast, a Kansas City Royals podcast presented by Royals Review. He is Jeremy Greco. I am Jake Milham, and in the spirit of Nelson Velasquez, let's crush it. Jeremy, how has your week been so far? Uh, you know, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, we had baseball all last weekend. Um, I have discovered a new obsession to talk about uh, when we get to the Royals Review reviews. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it, we're, we're podcasting. Yeah. What could be better? I know, right? It is. I am enjoying us getting back to two episodes a week. It's, it's very enjoyable. It's very therapeutic to get back onto that schedule. Yeah, man, it's, it's only Wednesday, but we are, uh, it feels like it's been Friday or it should be Friday. Just it's been a very long week, but let's let's talk about some some Kansas City Royals pop baseball. That is why we are here, after all. If you want to keep updated on the Kansas City Royals, you've got to go check out RoyalsReview.com. You can also support the podcast further by following us on X at Royal Rundown Pod. That is R O Y A L R U N D O W N P O D. Also, make sure to check our polls and Q&As on Spotify. Each week, we give you a chance to answer our question, and we will read your responses on air. We're going to move that to later on in the show, so stick around for that. Coming up in today's episode, we will run down the spring training results since the last podcast, the largest tiny detail causing a stir around MLB. But first, Jeremy, we have to talk about these bullpen injuries, man. Mm, I, I'm going to pass, I'm going to pass it over to you real quick because I feel like I'm eating crow after it was what three episodes ago. We said, Oh, the bullpen is full. Why are they going to trade for John Schreiber? They don't need him. They have guys like Carlos Hernandez and Will Klein guys waiting in the wings. Well, uh, now they're already down two relievers, Jeremy, before I get your thoughts real quick, let's go ahead and hear from Royals manager, Matt Quattrero on the latest injuries. Do you have uh, injury updates on Carlos and Chamberlain? Yep, Carlos did not come out of his bullpen well the other day, so he's going to be shut down um, and tomorrow get an injection. Um, it is something that has been nagging him since he got into camp. He tried to throw through it and uh, just didn't didn't feel comfortable at this time pushing forward. Um, just reading between the lines, does that rule him out for, for opening day, you think? Or? Well, we're hopeful it's a short-term shutdown. You know, you get the injection, which will be tomorrow, and then there's a rest period to let it do its job, and then um, then I'll have to follow up with KT to see what the how they determine how long the shutdown needs to be. Mm-hmm. And then um, how about Christian Chamberlain? Chamberlain, unfortunately, we found out has a tear of the UCL, complete tear, so he'll be He'll be out. You know, he's going to assess his options and all that kind of stuff, talk to his parents, his agents, family, all that. But, um, yeah, he'll, he'll be out. Hey, Conor Riffrell, how's he feeling as he progresses with the back tightness? Yeah, he's doing fine. He's out here for the second day in a row. Um, he's still scheduled to play tomorrow. All righty. Thank you, sir. And just to clarify, that was from Tuesday. And it is now Wednesday. The Royals are playing against the Seattle Mariners right now. And Hunter Renfro was not in the lineup. We will see if he appears in the game at all. So, Jeremy, Carlos Hernandez down. He is shut down for the time being. A little little questionable, it sounds like, for opening day. Um, Christian Chamberlain, 
was another guy that he, I don't know, he had an outside shot, it felt like, to make the bullpen, maybe, maybe, but he is, that's a big blow, a top 30 prospect, losing the season to Tommy John, it sounds like. How much does this affect the Royals' bullpen come opening day, in your opinion? Honestly, I I don't think it affects it at all. Um, I think I'm going to try and have another uh, roster preview this weekend. Okay. And uh, I've been kind of thinking about it. And I Carlos Hernandez wasn't in the bullpen for me. Christian Chamberlain wow. wasn't even on the radar. Um, because... Uh, because of that John Schreiber edition, I'm not sure that Carlos Hernandez should have been in the bullpen, even without Schreiber. But <laughs> with Schreiber, it seemed like a really prime opportunity to send him down to AAA and let him work on some stuff uh, and, and let maybe some more competitive guys uh, kind of stick in the, the bullpen for now. Uh, but it is a bummer for him, certainly. Uh, because even if he wasn't going to make the opening day roster, he definitely wants to be in triple a pitching so that yeah. he could make his case to come back. Uh, so hopefully this is a short lived injury. It's all Christian Chamberlain's injury. Again, I don't think it impacts the roster this season, but it does slow down his timeline for when we might expect to see him, um, you know, instead of maybe early next year. Now it's uh, late next year at the earliest yeah. and, and, probably really into 2026. Um, so uh, it's really a bummer for him. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And I am I pulled up Fangraph's roster resource. The, the powers that be already have that up to date. So thank you very much for those folks over there. They slid in Josh Taylor to replace Carlos Hernandez. And I'm not even super certain about that. Um, Josh Taylor, Jake Brents, those guys unfortunately have not been stellar from the left-hand side. Um, of the bullpen. So outside of Will Smith, this bullpen desperately needs lefties, it feels like, at least to replace Carlos Hernandez for the time being. If only they had a, a well-regarded left-handed relief pitching prospect who uh, who maybe pitched a few innings last year, mm. uh, who, who'd pitched for the team before, uh, but, but there's nobody like that out yeah. there, uh, and there certainly never was. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know who, who you think you're talking about, Jeremy. Uh, well, all I know is that a guy like that, I'm pretty sure the ladies would love him. <laughs> yeah, that is. I, I should probably check in to see how he's doing this spring. I was just glad that he's back and pitching. Um, so I'm, I'm looking down the depth chart, and we got non-roster invites that very much feel like they are in play for the opening day bullpen simply because they're lefties and not much more. Guys like Sam Long and Walter Pennington are two names who come to mind. I, Walter Pennington is absolutely, and it's two innings in the first week of spring training. So, like, don't, don't <laughs> rush out there and buy the jersey, okay? But for two innings in the early spring training, you can't get much better than six strikeouts. And no runners allowed. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good in my book. I'll I'll yeah. take that for starting I, off. I really want to. I'm I'm ready to take my victory lap for having included him uh, in the in the mix when we were talking about pitchers uh, that we could possibly see this year. But uh, I probably probably should hold off on that because if I do, he'll immediately give up like five home runs and immediately yeah. get demoted to minor league camp or something. 
that's that's typically how karma works sometimes when it comes to baseball. And hey, we are still a month to the day away from opening day, so a lot can change between now and then. Unfortunately, I'm I'm just really ready for opening day to be here. I I feel like okay, we've already played enough games. Let's uh let's get to the <laughs> stadium. Yeah, that's it. usually how it goes. It's like okay, baseball's back. All right, that's this is spring training. I want the real thing now. About a week later, <laughs> no, not that baseball. <laughs> But it's like, uh, it's like I want baseball. We've got baseball at home. <laughs> Spring training baseball in the cabinet. So to to wrap this up, Jeremy, we we don't know how long Carlos Hernandez is going to be out. Um, shoulder shoulder things for fastball first pitchers are always tricky, though. We've we've seen that time and time again around MLB. So, on, in your opinion. In a scale of one to ten, how much does these or do these two injuries change the bullpen's outlook for twenty twenty four? Again, zero percent. Yeah. Well, okay, not zero percent because I do think Carlos Hernandez was going to factor in eventually, and he still might. Um, it really depends on the severity of the injury. I do worry, like you said, a fastball first guy um, with a shoulder injury, and he is a big dude. Like he is tall and he is broad. Um, so it always feels like those guys take a little bit longer to come back from their injuries uh, than, than the smaller, lankier guys. But maybe that's just bias on my part. I don't know. Um, but uh, that's that's what it seems like to me. Oh, and then again, there's Salvi also to just completely counter that argument. He's also a big dude who just yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, I did something that's a six week uh, return timeline. I'll be back tomorrow. It'll be fine. He was absurd. Uh, he's an outlier man he doesn't count for any injuries i'll I'll say that it's uh it affects the bullpen 10 percent because again i don't think chamberlain was pitching for kansas city this year and i think hernandez had a role and may still have a role um i just don't think it was ever necessarily going to be a large one okay fair enough um on a scale of one to ten i i want to put it at a two I I agree with you. I don't think that I don't think that Hernandez was going to be the high leverage guy for the Kansas City Royals at least to start off the season. Um, if there's an injury or a trade, I think he could have been worked back into that role. But he just he just kind of flamed out when he was in that role last year. So it's a uh, I'm curious how much he actually was going to factor into that. And like you said, Chamberlain was a long shot to make his MLB debut this year. Um, but now he is uh, certainly at 0%, unfortunately. So next time we will make sure to talk about who we think will take Hernandez's place in the MLB bullpen, because I want to stress this. Quatrero said that this is this is a nagging injury. Hernandez came to camp with this shoulder injury and tried to pitch through it. So that's a little concerning for me personally. But let's keep things down in Arizona where the Kansas City Royals are pursuing that illustrious Cactus League pennant. Um, Jeremy, I mean, that's that's the flag you want flying out in the outfield, right? The the flags fly forever, they tell me. That, that they do. That they do. So, Jeremy, let's go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage. So, our last episode came out on Monday, and there's been a handful of games since then. So, first off, the Royals, they looked unstoppable against the Chicago Cubs. They beat them 6-0. to Ten hits overall from the Royals, including a three-run homer from the one and only Nick Prado. 
Um, Seth Lugo also made his Royal spring training debut, pitching two innings of shutout ball. Let's hear from the new Royal starter moments after his start. Felt good. Uh, you know, some uh, adrenaline, some nerves. Uh, it was fun to get get back playing some live action again. Um, you you did have some nerves out there. What what was the like just the adrenaline like? Um, you know, same nerves as every year. You know, first game, first first spring training game. You know, uh, excited to get out there. You know, quite sleep the greatest. You know, just really? excited, ready to go. And so even after all this, you know, all this time in the the big leagues, you you still get a little nervous going going out there for the first time. Yeah, um, you know, if, if you're nervous, you don't care, right? Uh, you know, hopefully that uh, feeling never leaves me. That's uh, you know, what, that's the best feeling about baseball is you know being nervous going out there and performing, and overcoming that. What was it like working with Austin back in the back behind the plate or something? Uh, it was good. Um, you know, I threw to him a lot last year, but uh, I've had a couple. Uh, pitch upgrade since then so uh, you know he got to see some of my new stuff that I didn't uh, use last time I pitched with him but uh, it was fun you know we worked well together so it was uh, it was good adding between us both. What was the pitch upgrades that you had? Uh, a new sweeper, new cutter, new change up since uh, last time I threw to him. Is that all this offseason or a little bit last year? No uh, the change up and sweeper were in the middle of the year last year okay. and then uh, the cutters this offseason. Okay. What what do you hope to achieve with the, the new cutter? Um, just uh, give uh, you know hitters a different look. Um, you know, I feel like uh, in this game, it's it's important to be able to uh, come up with new stuff, give uh, hitters different looks, especially guys you know you've been facing for you know ten plus years. It's 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 always nice to have a new weapon when you're facing familiar faces. What's it been like just to get to know um, you know your new teammates, get to know new coaching staff and everything these first couple of weeks of spring? Well, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been easier since we got our jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> the first <laughs> week too. was a little tough, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's been it's been nice. It's been welcoming. Uh, you know, a lot of good dudes in there, and um, you know, it's still uh, some chemistry to uh, get together between all of us. But uh, it's it's going well. How do you? Uh, I've seen you kind of go out and watch other lives um, bullpens. Do you do you offer? Your, your thoughts, or you're just kind of watching and observing? What, what does that look like for you? Well, I'm always open to talk about pitching. You know, that's uh, the only thing I'm really so comfortable talking about. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, see some guys, uh, you know, see what kind of stuff they got, but also uh, see they wait, the way they go about their business. And um, if uh, any of them want to talk to me or approach me, I'm always, always welcome to that. Game day internship with the Omaha Storm Chasers is the perfect opportunity for a college student interested in exploring a career in the sports industry. Storm Chasers interns have the chance to work in almost every aspect of game day and event operations at Warner Park while gaining knowledge about the inner workings of minor league baseball. There's no better way to learn and grow while discovering your passions and goals than becoming a part of our Chasers family. To learn more about internship opportunities with the Storm Chasers, head to omahastormchasers.com or email Ania Tate, A-N-I-Y-A-T, at omahastormchasers.com. Everyone get on your face, turn up the storm, we're family. Baseball season is on its way, and there's no better place to spend the summer than with the Quad Cities River Bandits. From the Royals' top prospects on the field to a jam-packed promotional schedule, the fun never stops at Modern Woodman Park. Can't miss any of the action? Ticket packages are on sale now. With full season plans starting at less than $5 per game, Season ticket holders enjoy premium perks, including guaranteed giveaways, team store discounts, a full season parking pass, and so much more. For more information, visit riverbandits.com or call 563-324-3000.
Jeremy, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on on the spot here. So that that always goes well for us, doesn't it? I, like I it is it's such a good problem to have to where you can't identify who the opening day starter is going to be yet. Well, okay, so in this case, I think it might be a good problem. Uh, we've seen in other cases, such as last year, where it was not a good problem. Because no. the, the reason we couldn't figure out who the opening day starter was, was like, uh, ooh, I don't know if I want any of these guys pitching. You, you got me there. You got me there. This is a good iteration of that problem, yeah. is what I should say. It feels like Seth Lugo, Michael Walker, and Cole Reagans are all in the running for that opening yeah. date start. And we'll, we'll get to Waka's spring training debut later on. But Lugo, he went out there. He did did his job. Struck out a guy, gave up a hit, but no runs allowed. That's what you want, want from your starters. If you had to pick one of those three right now, who is making the opening day start and why? Uh, oh gosh, it's so tough. I know. I really want to go with Cole Reagans just because the upside is so high with him and he pitched so well at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. um, and also, he's kind of more the future of the team yeah. than those other guys. He's younger, he's under contract for longer. Um, but at the same time, like, I can, I can absolutely see an argument to not put too much pressure on him and let one of the other two guys kind of have that opening day start. Um, certainly, I think Cole Reagans should be no worse than day two starter mm -hmm. um, because I want him to have as many opportunities to start games for me as possible um, in 2024. So I'm, I, I'm going to say either Seth Lugo or, uh, or Cole Reagans. I think Lugo's he's a little bit under contract for a little bit longer. Again, he's got the player options, but everybody does. So his contract is up to three years. Um, so I, I, I think if it's not going to be Reagan's, if you're really like, no, I don't want to put that much pressure on him. He hasn't even done this over a full season yet. And, and the Royals, I think have been overly aggressive with guys in the past where it's like, all right, well, you showed us something. So now you're the guy. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't hurt to, to just be like, listen, you're the guy, but you're not the opening day guy. So, all right, I've, I've talked myself into Seth Lugo. Okay, I, I like it because I'm I'm going to go with choice number three. I'm going to go with Michael Waka is my is my prediction to make that opening day start. And there's I, I don't think you can go wrong with any of those with any of these three. I do want to clarify that they all have great great chances at making that opening day start. I, I just think that, you know, Michael Walker, he has a little bit, he has, well, not a little bit, he has a longer, much longer track record as a starting pitcher and Seth Lugo and Cole Reagans combined. And if you want a guy at the top of the rotation like that, it's it's a guy like Michael Walker. He's not volatile. You know what you're getting whenever he goes out there and starts. Does he have better seasons than others? Of course, of course he does. But and we'll get to his his start against the Padres because that that was absolutely great in my opinion. We'll get to that later on. But I would pick Michael Waka over Reagans and Lugo. And to your point, Jeremy, about not putting too much pressure on Reagans, I had a piece come out on Kings of Kaufman talking about that because there is so much behind the scenes that we that we don't know. We we hear the press conferences, we see the stats. That's about it. 
And if the Royals don't think that Reagans is ready for that stage, or if he is honest with himself and says, Hey, I, I kind of just want to focus on this. I don't want that pressure right now. Let's, let's go ahead and slow roll me a little bit into that top rotation spot. I, I couldn't fault the Royals there. Do you, does, does that make sense? Yeah, and, and I will I will add on that if Cole Reagans pitches the entire 2024 season like he finished the 2023 season, he's your opening day starter 2025. No one has any questions about that. You you can you can write that in and if if it happens at the end of the year, you just write that down in pen. Cole Reagans is opening day starter. I like it. I like it. So, hey, let's go ahead and keep on moving down these results. So, Tuesday was a split squad day. Um, one half of the Royals squad faced off against the Rockies, where they won 4-3. to three. But most of the eyes were on the 6-3 to three loss against the Padres, or at least my, my eyes were, because Michael Waka made his Royals spring training debut. And, man, it, it was only one inning. That's, that's just how spring training goes. One inning two strikeouts, and two strikeouts against two of the best baseball players in the National League, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado. So I was super excited to see that. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, we, we – I – not we. You, you, made your, you made your stance known. I kind of backed myself into a corner when I talked about spring training stats. And, oh, they don't matter very much. But let me talk about these two strikeouts that this guy got. <laughs> In one inning. So I I was just very excited to see one strikeout was with the fastball and the other strikeout was with the changeup. And the mechanics on both of those were very deceptive. Um, they both looked exactly the same. And that's what that's what you want with the fastball and changeup um combination. Do you I I know there's no video out there. But do you have do you have any thoughts on his performance against the Padres or just that game in general? Uh, again, it's the first week of spring training. Yeah, our stats are always positive. Um, I, it, it's, you know, good. You know, good. I'm not yeah. I'm not worried about him right now. Okay. Are the guys that I look at those first week stats and I'm I, I, I'm not looking at anybody and being like, oh well, okay, everything's good. I am looking at some other guys and going, uh, is everything okay? Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, and, uh, we might get to that in a little bit. Well, and the and the one that I want to talk about is actually, or the one I'm focused on right now. You can you can bring me back to another one if I miss it. The one that I saw is is Jake Brents. Um, I talked about him in the in the bullpen race, and unfortunately, he had another multi walk outing against the Colorado Rockies. He didn't allow a hit, but he allowed two walks and one strikeout in his one inning of work. And I, I'm pulling up his overall spring training stats so far. So he has only two strikeouts to six walks so far in one and one third innings of work. Like that is that is just absurd. I get it. He's coming back. There's going to be some rust there. But man, that is not what you want to see at all from the bullpen. Is there is there another guy that you're looking at? It was like, this isn't looking good. Um, so the guy I've been kind of keeping an eye on. Um, especially as I said, I get ready to write another uh, roster prediction for this weekend um, is Matt Sauer, um, okay. who we've all kind of assumed is definitely making the opening day roster. But we've also talked about how competitive 
the bullpen is. And if he's not going to be a, a contributor, it might not make sense to keep him on the team. Now, you might look at his sparkling 0.00 ERA and, and win in uh, two games pitched, three innings, and be like, oh, what are you talking about, Jeremy? And my response is, I'm talking about two walks and four hits um, and an unearned run in those three innings. That is a two-whip. Again, very early in spring training, uh, plenty of time to figure some stuff out. And if he impresses with his stuff at some point, uh, you know, because you, you lose him entirely. If you don't, or you risk losing him entirely if you don't keep him on the 26 man roster. But that is someone um, who I'm definitely at least keeping a very close eye on right now. Okay. Okay. And to to that point about Matt Sauer, so folks who aren't aware, he was the Rule 5 draft pick for the Kansas City Royals this, this past winter. And I looked at the 2022 Rule 5 results. And there were 15 players selected around the league in the MLB portion of it. And 10 of those 15 were either traded away or returned to their previous organization. So just because the Royals took him, it even if he does stick in the bullpen, that is him defying the odds, much less him actually being a contributor in the bullpen. I I very much believe that Sauer will benefit from moving to the bullpen. I, I am hoping that this is just a bad stretch and that we're seeing some better things behind the scenes. But that's absolutely one to watch and something that should be considered for any roster projections going Here, forward. Here's another guy uh, that I want to keep an eye on. Okay. As we're talking about the bullpen could use another lefty and Jake Brents is walking everyone and Josh yeah. Taylor has not struck anybody out. Uh, Anthony Veneziano. Oh, okay. He's he's had, uh, I'm looking at two games, four innings pitched, okay. um, five strikeouts, two walks, two hits, and a run earned run allowed. Um, again, all of these stats, very early, very small sample sizes, but he's a lefty and he's got something going right now. Yep. Uh, so again, not saying he's in the bullpen, I'm, but I'm, he's a guy I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And something that fans do need to keep in mind is last year, it was it was a no-brainer that Jackie Bradley Jr. was going to make the opening day roster simply because A, he was okay in spring trading, but B, because he was the guy available and healthy. So sometimes that's all you need to do is weather the spring training storm. And Anthony Veneziano could benefit from that. So let's see here. Those are the Tuesday game results again the Royals split squad games, they won against the Rockies 4-3, to but they lost against the Padres 6-3. to Truth be told, Jeremy, I was kind of stalling, hoping that we would have a final result from the Wednesday's Mariners game. Um, but unfortunately, they are still rocking and rolling right now. The Royals are leading that one, though, 6-5. to So that is, that's good to know. Um, like, sit six runs in the uh, in the sixth inning and i see that i see that look jeremy because maybe i have not um refreshed my yeah, page no, yeah. yeah you haven't refreshed it's nine to seven in the top of the ninth right now <laughs> thank you thank you jeremy sorry i thought not the mlb page auto refreshed that's my bad um but we'll we'll get to the final result of that later on see how that shook out yeah. for the kansas City royals what can i just mention one weird thing as i'm looking at this stats page What's up? Um, Tyler Cropley, by the way, 
oh yeah phenomenal bidding right now um his position on on the royals stats page is x what nick prado is a first baseman ryan fitzgerald's a third baseman diego hernandez is center fielder tyler cropley is an x i don't like i he's played a lot of designated hitter so i don't know if like mlb.com is like well i don't know what his position is anymore um but i just had to throw that out there because i just noticed that and i was like what is happening that that i never even noticed that that is very odd <laughs> let's see here okay i'll uh, we'll get to that box score later on when it actually finishes up so jeremy the thing that kind of set the mlb world of buzz this spring training outside of the on-field stuff has to be the piss poor jersey and pants designs um, yeah. designed by I want to clarify this designed by Nike manufactured by fanatics. That is, that is the division of how this is going out, but both clearly have issues. They are both clearly just awful, but the Royals are actually on the right side of this news. I, I will say that. Um, and I kudos, kudos to Paul Lucas over at uni watch for doing some sleuthing and getting down to the uh, down to the bottom of this. So if you roll over to UniWatch, you're going to see this full article from Paul. Go check it out. Go support him. Go support his work. But the Royals' new jerseys have not been quite as jarring because of the lettering on the back, which is it's just crazy to me. And I. I saw Justin Verlander's jersey for for example. He's he's got a long last name, but the letters are just so they're minuscule, they're arching really weird and they just don't look right. But the Royals are the only team in baseball right now who have kept that full-size lettering on the back of their jerseys and it's making a, a massive difference, Jeremy. Yeah. And I, I think this I, this is an off-field win for the Royals in, in my book. This is being universally praised by people who are paying attention to these details. Um, Jeremy, what, what else did you think about this sleuthing and just the situation as a whole? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I think it really says something about MLB. Um, uh, he is, is Paul Lucas. You said his name was, I keep forgetting. Yeah. Um, he, he talked to Royals VP, Sam Mellinger, uh, or Mellinger. I can never remember how to pronounce that man's name. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, asked like, how did this come about? And basically the, the Royals kept asking, Hey, can we just keep the, the full size letters? And eventually Bill B was like, fine, sure. Whatever. So apparently that's all it takes. Apparently. Um, it'll, uh, what I'm really curious is now that this is kind of, become news around the sport um as as i've seen lots of baseball uh adjacent outlets kind of pick up on this how much longer until other teams go and ask if they can do it and will mlb allow it uh because if mlb allows everyone to go back to the large letters that that could end poorly and if everyone asks will they force the royals to go to the small letters so that that all is going to be very interesting to me um the other thing that I thought was really kind of funny is he asked um, uh, Nike claims that the letters are smaller because it makes the fabric lighter and more breathable. <laughs> and uh, so Lucas asked Mellinger uh, if, 
if uh, you know the Royals were concerned about being at a competitive disadvantage, uh, and, and he said no, uh, which uh, is the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, if, the, if the letters on the back of the jersey were the problem, well, oh, actually, the Yankees don't have the letters on the back of the jerseys, True. right? True. And they, they're always so good. So, yeah. so maybe maybe that's really the path forward is to just get rid of the names entirely and and really just root for laundry and not care about the players at all. I, I guess so. Maybe that has been the secret this this entire time. Oh, and also, like, shave your beards and, and oh, it'll be yeah. more aerodynamic. You'll get to first base faster. Fast as frick. The Yankees were right all along. They they had they had the formula this whole time. This is, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Please don't yeah. find me. Well, I mean, the, the Royals have won a World Series more recently than the New York Yankees. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we, we have that. And we did it with beards. So that is uh, that certainly helps. And letter and letters on the yes the beards the beards were the reason absolutely oh my goodness well, yeah it thought, reminds me of when when Johnny Damon was leading the wild thing Red Sox yeah. for the World Series and then he went to the Yankees and cut all of his hair oh. and the beard off and it's just like but I thought you were the wild thing that that was pretty gross to see in hindsight <laughs> <laughs> but this this whole jersey thing it's it's a small detail but this is I I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. I think this is great for the game. Um, Sam d- did talk about the quote unquote reasoning behind wanting this, talking about, you know, connecting or for fans to connect with the team's players, according to Lucas. Yeah. And I, I I think that's a that's a great reason. 100 percent behind that. Yeah. And especially it's not something you think about it until you see it alongside other other teams jerseys i i suggest going over to uni watch and checking out the article because he has a great little snapshot of it it's mm-hmm. uh it's a royals first baseman right next to an angels base runner and it's super hard to read the yep. angels the i angels. still have no idea what that guy's name is i i don't I stared I don't. at that picture <laughs> and it, it goes to show it doesn't matter the length of the arch or anything like that it's all about the printing yep. so I I love this move and I hope it is I hope it's something that more MLB teams try to lobby for ahead of opening yeah. day. As I said, I'm just really worried that a bunch of teams are going to lobby for it and MLB is going to be like, "No, we can't do that because then we offend our our uniform partners Ugh. and now the Royals can't have their waiver." That's that's my fear right now. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And I, I'm with you. I, I want all 30 teams to have to go back to the full size lettering. Yeah. I'm just I'm just concerned that that's not how it's gonna go. Well, only time will tell, unfortunately. They they keep on saying that um or sorry, the MLB's statement about all this said, Oh, we're sending out folks to uh to pound the ground in spring training and try to get, talk about the fits and how the uniforms feel and stuff like that. I'm sorry, you don't need to be in an MLB clubhouse right now to see how the players feel about nope. this. There was a Baltimore riot. No, they're not. There was a Baltimore. First off, the Baltimore newspaper put out an article and they quoted four different players. Number one, the players said that they wanted to be quoted anonymous because they were worried about backlash from the league. But then one of them went to say, this feels like a knockoff jersey from TJ Maxx. Nope. I mean, that is not what you want. Yeah. 
I've heard them compared a lot to jerseys too. You know, the, oh, yeah. the jerseys, which I wear all the time because they're very comfortable, they but they do not look good. Oh. Like they do not look like a uniform, no. like a professional athlete should be wearing. Mm-mm. They're also they, a heck of a lot cheaper than, than replica jerseys. Yes. Yeah. That is w- without a doubt. That's, that's why there are more, uh, more jerseys out there than replica jerseys. I will say that. All right, so let's go ahead and get to our Spotify Q&A responses. Again, those are exclusively on Spotify. You can't find it on any other podcast platform. Thank you to everyone who responds. We love hearing from you, your opinions about what we talk about, your responses to the question. And last episode, we asked you this question. What do you think of the new MLB uniforms? I think this is a very, very apt way to close out the show. The one and only Fistifer1777 said, they make me feel funny in my tummy. And um, Fistifer, I I think you might want to look at other other reasons for feeling funny in your tummy. <laughs> Poor guy. I know. Luke5747 said, I can't believe Fanatics and Nike signed off on them. Just disappointing. I don't have the QT patch, though. I've realized teams are going to advertise anyway. They can, so why not? They're not awful. And uh, Jeremy, we, we can talk about this for a second. The the QT patch, I get it. It's bright. It's red. I've seen it on most of the Royals uniforms so far this spring training. It's not as jarring as even I was expecting it to be. No, and I think there was kind of a mistake maybe that was made with the announcement to highlight the patches and have all th- they had. I think they had an image of three guys. Uh, I want to say Bobby Witt, Vinny Pasquantino and somebody else standing there showing off with the patches, oh, on yeah. bright white uniforms. Um, you put those on the road grays, you put those on the uh, powder blues, get a little dirt on there. And suddenly they're much duller. Yeah. Um, and, and they're, and you know, you put a little distance between you and the patch, like instead of focusing the camera in on it, um, and that and, like, you're gonna, you're gonna see it. I'm yeah. not going to say it's invisible. That would defeat the purpose of it, but it's not, this is not a thing that's just like the end of the world or that you're not going to be able to pay any attention to the game. Cause you're going to be staring at this bright red patch. It's going to be okay. That it is that it is. And probably, probably by the time opening day rolls around, we're going to forget all about it. We're not going to notice it anymore. Nash fan Sam 13 said, I think they are rough. I'm glad I got a few real Royals jerseys across the last two years. Granky, Pasquatch, and Bobby. I think that's a I think that's a pretty a good nice collection. Yeah. I like that. I'm I'm jealous, man. That's, Me too. That's pretty awesome. I don't even collect jerseys and I'm jealous. <laughs> and hey, perfect timing. The Royals spring training game just went final. The Royals win nine to seven over the Seattle Mariners. They get their revenge on new Seattle Mariners, such as Colin Snyder and Jackson Kowar and Brian DeGus. Do you remember him? Uh, I do. I can never remember to forget DeGus. <laughs> DeGuys. DeGuys, yeah. The guy. I don't know. The guy. The guy. All right, Jeremy, it is that time of the episode. Let's go ahead and get to our Royals review reviews. And if you don't mind, I'm going to start us off tonight. Sound good? Go for it. All right. So if you are an avid fan of baseball and you love hearing more about those little details and you want a fun way to take in some of the advanced analytics, I highly, highly suggest going checking out Foolish Baseball 
on YouTube. I've been watching them for a couple of years now. I'm subscribed as well. A very, very big channel, but he covers just about everything under the sun that you want for baseball. Talks about individual players, trends in baseball, and etc. I highly recommend watching his his video on the World Series Royals. It's titled "The Royals Broke All the Rules and Won." Um, baseball bits. It's it's an amazing series. I love it. I love the premise, and he just does great work over there. So go subscribe, go watch Foolish Baseball on YouTube. Jeremy, on to you. All right, as I teased at the beginning of the show, I have a new obsession uh, that almost made me late for the podcast. Oh, boy. Uh, I picked it up yesterday, and I went to bed hours after my bedtime. Uh, so <laughs> that oh. obsession is, I cannot pronounce, I don't know how this name is pronounced, uh, okay. Balatro. Balatro, B-A-L-A-T-R-O, uh, which is a video game that just came out a couple of days ago. Um, it's on all platforms, I believe. Um, and it is a card game roguelike. Um, so if you, you know what a roguelike is, the idea is that you start a run and you're probably not going to finish it and you get more powerful as you go, you get more options and then you, you can come back and keep trying again. Um, so this game is kind of like video poker. Um, you get a, except it weird. Um, so you get a hand of cards and you can, and you, you get a goal of a certain number of chips that you need to earn and each type of hand is worth a certain number of chips um and then it's also got a multiplier on it so for like for example the first level you have to earn 300 chips and if you get uh two pairs of say sevens and fours two pairs is is i think it's a you get 50 chips for that and a multiplier times two and then you add the the value of each of the cards that counted for the two pairs to it and Uh then you that gives you your score and you have to you have to reach that that amount of chips uh, within within usually four hands. There's cards that you can get that can expand that. that there are it it gets it gets weird. I, I um, bet I bet it does. There's there so they have a mechanic called Joker cards. There are 150 Joker cards which can add chip values. They can add multipliers. They can do all kinds of things to it. Um, and then there's also tarot cards which can change your card. Um, you can make your card a wild card so that it counts as every suit. Um, all kinds of bizarre things. Um, and it, it's all with this pixel art and like some VHS kind of artifacts. You know, I, I don't, you're probably too young for this, Jacob, oh, wow. but VHS <laughs> was, uh, was what we had before DVDs and the quality was not always great, especially if you watched yeah. them a bunch. So you'd, you'd sometimes get like little artifacts, like little lines of static across the screen really temporarily. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of happens. And so you're playing this game, which is really simple to like start with and can get really complex. Uh, You know, those easy to learn, difficult to master kind of things. And it also feels like it's a little haunted. Um, And, and it's, it's, I, I can't stop playing it as soon as, as soon as we leave, I'm, I'm going to go play it some more. Okay, it sounds really enjoyable. Where, where can folks find that game? It, as far as I am aware, it's on all platforms. I know it's on PlayStation, and I am not. I I know it's on Steam. I know it's Steam Deck playable, and I know it's on Switch. I'm pretty sure it's on Xbox. I don't know why it would be on all of those yeah. other and not also Xbox. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Sorry, 
that was uh that's the dog making noises in, in the background there. the dog to bark <laughs> yeah they are uh they are ready for dinner but that is gonna do it for today's episode anyways please drop a five-star review or a subscription where wherever you are listening it helps out the podcast immediately but most importantly, make sure to check out Royals Review for the news, analysis, and commentary you need on all things Royals. From myself and Jeremy, thank you listeners for supporting us. We are so excited to be back two times a week for baseball's return. But we couldn't do this without you. And until next time, go Royals! Woo, 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 woo.